Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Happy Thanksgiving, Dog Pound. Everybody's going to be celebrating Thanksgiving, watching the games on TV, no doubt, and getting ready for Sunday's game against the Denver Broncos, the evil villains from out west. And if you're old enough to remember... The championship games for the AFC that the Browns participated in in the 1980s, you know that they were really quite the rival of the Cleveland Browns and prevented the Browns from going to the Super Bowl, not one, not two, but three times. And uh, they were really, really our arch rival. John Elway, his public enemy number one in my book, with the greatest of respect, John, I hate you. (laughs) John Elway was the greatest quarterback of that generation in my book. He was just phenomenal. And, um, you know, the Cleveland Browns were just an outstanding team. That was our best team, really, in the 1980s that had a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, the Denver Broncos, unfortunately, were just a little bit better. And uh, they actually went and... um, that hurt a lot. Uh, so I have nothing but hatred in my heart for the Denver Broncos. I mean, not really hate, hate, but you know what I mean. Sports hatred. It's a special game whenever we play the Denver Broncos. And uh, it's coming up. Now, if you haven't been paying attention lately, when last we saw the Denver Broncos, they were absolutely getting their butt kicked by the Miami Dolphins by the score of 70 to 20 earlier this year. They also uh, were getting into it with the New York Jets for absolutely no reason, but Sean Payton decided that they had to pick a fight with the offensive coordinator for the Jets because he was the fired head coach of the Denver Broncos from last year. And Sean Payton decided that he had to get into it Uh, Aaron Rodgers' friend, and so for absolutely no reason, he decided to pick a fight with the New York Jets, and they lost to the New York Jets. That's really horrible. And so they got beat by 
50 points by Miami, and then they lost to the New York Jets and Zach Wilson. Man, that's a bad team, right? Well, somehow that team is now 5-5. Five and five. That's right, they're at 500. So they've gotten a lot better for reasons that are not totally understandable by modern science. They are actually favored by 2.5 points. It was, uh, I think I saw a line of one point right after the game on Sunday. Then it went to 1.5, and now it's 2.5 points. So there's been a lot of money coming in on Denver. They are favored for this game. And I'd like to come to some kind of understanding about why that's so. How can this crazy team from out west, this upstart team, one of the old teams from the American Football League, how did they manage to become favorites against our Cleveland Browns? I think that requires a little bit of analysis, and I did bring a PowerPoint file with me, of course, and I'd like to go take a little bit of time to analyze that. But um, first, before I do that, in this time of Thanksgiving, I want to say a few words about the Cleveland Browns charities, and if you'll go to the Cleveland Browns website, they have a whole list of charities that you can support, either with your time or with your hard-earned dollars. It doesn't have to be cash. If you don't have any money, you can still go donate time. And it's called Be the Solution. And you will recall that this was something uh, that was set up uh, by the Browns in response to some of the social crises that we had where there was all this controversy about whether you were going to support the uh, national anthem or whether you're going to take a knee and whether or not this was going to be perceived as a slight to the veterans of the United States of America and the football players were trying to say that, well, we want to protest against America, but we don't want to protest against the flag when we protest against the flag. And we don't want to offend the veterans when we protest against the flag. And that, uh, that stance was difficult to defend, let's put it that way. Um, I think that the football players were sincere that they wanted to support the veterans and they somehow missed the connection between the American flag um, and, and the veterans. Uh, many of our, you know, I, by the way, I am a veteran, and I understood that many of uh, my fellow uh, vets uh, died for that flag and uh, that they had very strong feelings about it. I, I myself, think I understand what they were trying to accomplish and they were trying to interject some awareness about uh, police conditions which is not a national uh, institution at all but local police conditions at different points in the United States where police order had broken down and they picked kind of an oddball way to do it unfortunately the NFL was not representing the police department in these local communities and uh, the national government has nothing to do with the local police. But anyway, they wanted to draw attention. That was what they wanted to do. They wanted to use their platform as celebrity to draw attention to a serious problem. And anyway, so the Cleveland Browns um, 
and um, Andrew Berry decided that, well, what we can do, maybe that's more constructive, is we can set up a relationship between our team, the Cleveland Browns, and various um, uh, charity organizations that are active in the community, that do things that are related to social justice and economic reform, and that are uh, active in the community to set up active organizations that combat the issues that we're concerned about. So they support local businesses, they support education, they support development in the inner cities, in the community in Cleveland and other cities in the state of Ohio. And uh, you can go on the website at clevelandbrowns.com and look up uh, Be the Solution. And so you can do some good in the community and I encourage everybody to do that. So it has nothing to do with protesting. It has to do with acting in the community. That's what the Cleveland Browns have been about since 1946, is not just complaining, not just complaining, but actually doing something about conditions in the local community in Cleveland, Ohio, and in Cuyahoga County, and indeed around the state. Remember that for a long time, Cleveland was the only professional football team in the state of Ohio. And uh, there are things that, uh, that the Cleveland Browns have uh, worked towards to actually improve. Uh, later, Jim Brown was one of the principals to bring forward uh, organizations that developed businesses in impoverished areas in greater Cleveland. And that has continued in one form or fashion to the modern day, and Andrew, um, much to his credit, has interjected some additional support. So I think it's appropriate to recognize that uh, at this Thanksgiving time, uh, not wait for a crisis before giving it attention, but holidays such as Thanksgiving, we have much to be thankful for in our community and to share these types of uh, blessings with others in our community that are perhaps not as fortunate or that, uh, that uh, can benefit from uh, working together with uh, others in the community that have a desire to give back. So with that, I'm going to pause and add an opportunity for others that support this show, as well as many others in the Fanatical Elves Network, to make a little money to keep us on the air. So I'll pause now for a commercial break. Okay, so back now, and I want to talk some more about the Denver Broncos, and let me share present Share screen and uh, here we go. There we are. Okay, so for those who are listening without the benefit of video, I'm presenting some graphics of the X's and O's 
of the Browns versus the Denver uh, team. I've got the the um, Bronco offense on the bottom, Cleveland Browns defense on top, and um, you know again the Browns have a league leading defense. They're number one in total defense again after the Ravens were on top for a while, and uh, you know the. The Broncos look pretty good all of a sudden. Remember, however, that they've been playing a last-place schedule, and so you know it's not a, that fantastic of achievement. But the other thing that's very important is that they've avoided major injuries on that team for whatever reason. Part of it, I think, is because they're a young team and they don't get injured that much. So um, good for them. They've been pretty tough, but they're going up against a very, very difficult opponent in the Cleveland Browns defense. What I really wanted to talk about though was on uh, the offensive side of the ball and if you were to look at the the X's and O's for the Cleveland's offense versus the Denver defense we've got some strength up the middle with Joel Batonio, Ethan Posick the center and Wyatt Teller the uh, right guard and uh, they've got some weakness up the middle and so it kind of looks like, you know, you could probably just run right up the middle, uh, turn right when you hit the linebackers, and keep on going. I think it's a good opportunity to maybe use the... We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. The fullback, Nick Harris, and uh, helped block for Jerome Ford, who's really been coming on in the past few weeks. We had some criticism, we meaning me, Joel Cade, and some of the others on the Fanatical L's network. Uh, Jerome was kind of slowing down when he went to the line of scrimmage like you might do in college to decide whether to reverse your field or not. That just doesn't work in the NFL, but he's been really doing a lot better in recent weeks, and he's been gaining yards. There's no question about that. The Browns are a top-five rushing team despite the fact that they lost their top dog, uh, Nick Chubb, for the season. And uh, they've been using uh, two and three tight end formations. They've been using Nick uh, Harris as a, a second or third tight end and using him also as a fullback. And I think, you know what, this looks like an opportunity to run right up the middle with Harris as a fullback and Ford or Kareem Hunt as the ball carrier. And it looks to me like, you know... Denver might be kind of weak in that way. And you want to take a guess at who the worst team is statistically against the run in the NFL? And if you guessed it was the Denver Broncos, you would guess correctly. And so I don't know that this is a really good matchup for the Denver Broncos. They are the weakest team against the run in the NFL, and the Browns are not really that interested in passing the ball. They are starting the rookie, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. I believe that is the correct move. Um, but recall that DTR is a running quarterback, 
Um, he is not that experienced at reading NFL defenses. And there's a standard criticism that, that smart analysts like to say that, oh, in the NFL, you can't do one read and run. Well, that's true in the long run, but in the short run, you actually really can. And I think that there are a lot of plays in which Dorian Thompson-Robinson is going to take off and make yardage by running the ball. Uh, his number one receiver is still going to be Amari Cooper, who is doing absolutely phenomenally well. I believe he's playing at a Pro Bowl level, although he's often double covered and he's not going to get the same kind of yards that other wide receivers are going to get around the league. Uh, Elijah Moore is also doing a very good job uh, in the slot, although he too is not going to get the big yardage that other receivers might get because he gets a lot of attention from the defense. The Browns have not been getting great yardage from the other side. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones for the first half of the season and now Cedric Tillman, there just are not very many targets going that way. There, there were very few targets for Donovan Peoples-Jones and now that Cedric Tillman has taken over, there just are not very many targets uh, even now. So I don't know if it was Peoples-Jones' fault, actually, but there just not being very many targets. Uh, so I look for uh, two tight end formations to be used, but really where the Broncos seem to be the weakest is right up the middle. So I think, well, that seems like a perfect invitation to use a fullback, and so I Excuse me, I think Nick Harris uh, could be used in maybe 25% of the offensive snaps, maybe more than that. And, you know, I started to think about that in preparation for today's, today's show. I've been critical about the Browns all year long about not filling out the running back room. And that was true at the beginning of the year. Uh, but now, you know, maybe it's true that there really are four running backs. At the beginning of the year, it was only Chubb and Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford was, you know, pretty raw as a runner at that point. Uh, now he's developed into an NFL running back, so we're happy with Jerome. Uh, they also reacquired Kareem Hunt. Uh, I was skeptical about that at first, but Kareem has lost some weight from last year regain some quickness and he's actually performing more like the Kareem Hunt that we saw two and three years ago and less like the guy we saw last year so that also worked out very very well the you know comeback of the year is probably Kareem Hunt uh, we also picked up a guy in Pierre Strong that has obvious ability now Pierre has not been physically quite right for several weeks because of a hamstring injury. It's not bad enough to get him on IR, but he's not been able to play regularly or consistently, I should say. Um, but nevertheless, he is a third running back. Uh, but then there's Nick Harris, who people continue to list as a backup center, but he's playing up to 25% of the snaps either as a on tight end or as a fullback and so really uh, he's the number four running back and um, I think he's very valuable in that capacity and uh, he satisfies the bill he's 
he's a blocking back, not a runner, not a pass catcher, but he's opening up holes for Jerome and for Kareem, and that's good enough. That's good enough to justify his spot on the roster. He's doing a great job, and the Cleveland Browns really do have four contributors in the running back room. So somehow or another, they managed to uh, put together that room on the fly, but right now it looks pretty solid. And um, I don't know that the Denver Broncos are equipped to stop the Browns with their last place run defense. That's not a good matchup for them. The thing that's in their advantage is that they have very few injuries uh, of any, co any consequence on that team. So I, I think it's a very interesting matchup. I do believe, by the way, in the uh, altitude, uh, anybody who's gone jogging at 5,000 feet, and if you go visit Denver or any other place that's 5,000 feet or higher in elevation, get off the plane, check in at your hotel, and then go jogging, you will find that the 5,000 foot elevation is real and that your body is not equipped to supply oxygen to your muscles in the same way that it is at uh, sea level. So I think that the home field advantage in Denver is a real thing. It's not made up. And I, I haven't been able to find statistics on how much the home field elevation is actually, or excuse me, home field advantage is actually worth. But it would not shock me to find out that it might be worth as much as four points rather than the usual uh, two and a half to three. It used to be a cliche that it was worth three points, although some of the stat boys now are saying that they think that it's lower than three. Nevertheless, it's a real thing, and I think Denver might have as much as four points uh, home field advantage. And so I think that the point spread that's being calculated by the gambling community of 2.5 points for Denver might be a little bit high but I don't think that it's completely nuts given the fact that it's home at Denver the main concern that I have for that point spread is that you're sending up the last place rushing defense against a team that really wants to run the football um, now, a lot depends on how much faith you have in a rookie quarterback, but as I've pointed out, as many of my other fellow broadcasters from the Fanatical Elvis Network have also pointed out, Dorian Thompson Robinson is a well-prepared quarterback with five years of major college football. This is not Trey Lance, who just showed up with a few games of experience at an intermediate college level and he can run real fast and stuff like that. No, 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 no. This is a guy that's very solid, that maybe does not have the combine numbers that make scouts drool, but he does have experience at running an offense and that uh, he has experience also in a, a running style of offense. Uh, remember that he played at uh, UCLA where they have sort of a air raid style offense and um, he can carry out a lot of the same plays that Deshaun Watson carries out where he, he is very very mobile can gain yardage for you on the ground 
can throw on the run. And uh, I think that we'll see those kinds of plays being called for him. I don't expect to see him throwing the ball 40 yards downfield every other play. I don't think that's what the Browns are going to be about this season, especially in the early going with a rookie quarterback. I think they'll try to do short passes, passes to running backs, passes behind the line of scrimmage, and uh, we'll just see how that goes. So, anyway, I think that it is a mismatch against Denver. They do not match up well against the Cleveland Browns. But on the other hand, I do see two very significant advantages for Denver. I see that they have the home field advantage, and they also have a very real advantage in health. They don't have anybody of major consequence that's on the injured reserve. And uh, for that reason, I think that the point spread is kind of reasonable. I think I might lean a tick or two towards the Browns. I think 2.5 might be a bit much. I might be willing to... Um, I think it's probably about two points high. I think it's going to be a very close game, just like we've had in the past. I don't think it'll be <clears throat> as low scoring as uh, last week's game. I think that the Browns are going to be able to move the ball against Denver. And Denver might have some su success against the Browns, especially with the safety out, uh, having a rookie playing safety, and all the other injuries that the Browns have had recently were not quite as formidable as we were at the beginning of the season. So um, I think it's anybody's ball game, and I think it could be a little bit more offensive than what we've been seeing in recent games. So anyway, that's what I think could happen. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll watch some football in preparation for Sunday. It should be a really great weekend. And, uh, and oh, yeah, there's going to be... Uh, college football galore this weekend so uh, try not to overdose <laughs> remember remember to take some time uh, with your families uh, don't make uh, don't leave out the family in favor of football give up a game or two in order to be with your families and we'll see you next time take care and god bless bye for now